Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Greetings on a Tuesday morning. Looks like we've got plenty of sunshine on the way today. 55 are expected high. Another chilly night down to around 37. Tomorrow, clouds and 57. Thursday, clouds and 54. And then a good chance of rain back in the forecast by Thursday. Stu our Ag Meteorologist, joins us in about 15 minutes. Also joining us this morning, John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Corn and soybeans pretty quiet this morning. We'll get the latest crop progress report not only for Wisconsin, but take a look at the nation as a whole. So stick around. We've got a full Tuesday morning for you. Join us as we continue our new monthly segment, The Gamblers Test Plot, only on the Midwest Farm Report with our partners at Gamblers. Aaron Zimmerman here, and this month I get the chance to try out Gamblers waterproof gear as I clean out and pressure wash the stock trailer. Tune in to see how Gamblers products help me get the job done right and stay dry. Since 1939, Wisconsin-based Gamblers has helped farmers, ranchers, and agriculturists get work done smarter, faster, and safer. Follow along at MidwestFarmReport.com. One of the fun things every year in Wisconsin, and I'm sure all over the Corn Belt where there's a lot of corn, getting the kids and getting mom and dad out on the farm. And one of the things they like to do is walk through the corn and creating a corn maze. Looks pretty simple, but Stephanie, I'll bet it takes a little engineering to get it done right. It does, Bob. Engineering and also to get through it. I'm, I'm nervous to go through a corn maze because I fear I won't get out. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And Wisconsin is actually home to one of the top 10 corn mazes in the U.S. So USA Today ranks Trinan Farm in Lodi as one of those top 10 mazes. Angie and Alan Trinan describe their maze as part art installation and part outdoor escape room. And it takes a lot of work. The two have been designing and cutting their own maze for more than two decades Alan says this year has actually been a pretty good year for the corn maize crop in south-central Wisconsin. The maize is approximately 15 acres. It's always been the same size. So that field has been continuous corn for more than 21 years. And uh, it is one of the larger ones in the state. Most corn mazes around the United States are five to seven acres. So ours is a larger than most. How long does it take to get through? You get a map to go through our maze. So if you can read a map, and there's basically three levels of challenge. But if you're um, the basic challenge, if you, you're a good map reader, you can do it in, in 45 minutes to an hour. But otherwise, for all the challenges, you can spend two or more hours out there. Wow, this is kind of a workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, people enjoy it. They um, go out there with you know, the friends or whatever. And, and honestly, some people don't even use the map. They come out here and just to walk around and uh, get lost in the field. So these mazes, they're huge pictures of something or another. Does the theme or topic change every year? Yes. Angie, my wife, uh, typically, she designs our maze. I would say most mazes in the United States are designed by maze design companies. 
when they go to a designer and tell them they want a maze and suggest a, a, a theme or whatever, they will go and to their book and, you know, it's kind of cookie cutter mazes. Angie uh, designs our maze. This year's design is uh, Schrodinger's cat and other thought experiments. There's uh, the ship of atheists here, or Zeno's arrow, and the trolley car experiment and our string theory maze. Some people will know everything is Schrodinger's cat. Oh yeah, Schrodinger's cat, you know. Schrodinger's cat, now, for those people that don't know, it's a cat playing with a ball of string. So otherwise, Schrodinger's cat. Last year's design was a water bear. A water bear is a microscopic creature and is pretty much the most resilient creature on the planet. They survive zero gravity on the moon, they can be frozen and come back to life. They can be dehydrated for hundreds of years and rehydrate and come back to life. And so last year's theme was resilience with COVID. It's interesting because the people that come out will either get it and know everything about it or they'll know nothing. Like I said, it's either Schrodinger's cat or a kitty with a string. But Angie designs it every year. With our advertising, we always use a photo, an actual photo of the maze. And some don't. They will superimpose them their design over a field of corn. So her goal is to make it aesthetically pleasing or whatever, or just so you can immediately see the design, what it is right away. And also get an education. How do you cut the corn? How do you make the maze? We use a grid to cut the maze. I don't know of anyone else that does that. I think pretty much everyone that gets uh, uses a maze design company, these same companies will come out and cut it for you. They have... Um, an individual with a truck and a trailer and a compact tractor and a rototiller, and they will go around the United States, and this individual might cut 30, 40, 50 mazes. And so they can do it at any time. If the corn's six feet tall or whatever, they can go through there and cut it with this GPS. We use a grid. Angie designs it we, and puts it on a grid. It's a 15-foot scale because we want a 5-foot trail and at least a 10-foot hedgerow. I plant the field lengthwise and crosswise, so as soon as the corn's up out of the ground, I have a grid growing in the field. When... It's still just an inch tall, just peeking out of the ground. We go across the field, and we put a four-foot tall stake every 15 feet. We mark and highlight every 60 feet, so every fourth stake, I put a ribbon on that stake. We do three rows of stakes lengthwise, four widthwise, and put those corresponding lines in red on the plan. Go out there with a plan, find a point, read the coordinates, count stakes and flags to match it. We use paint it on the ground or use surveyor's flags to mark it out. And we first mow the trails and then carve them with a tractor and a rototiller. Typically, most mazes take us 150 hours. This maze was, it looks busy, but it was actually rather easy because there's a uh, fair amount of straight lines in it. Straight lines are easy. You find point A and point B and go. Curved, more intricate designs, you have to find every 15 feet, wherever it crosses that grid mark, and lay that out and put a flag. And some take longer than others, but this was a relatively easier design and um so we, we're we're typically done by the time it's knee high or slightly more and we have to be because after that the rows start to blend together it's hard to pick out the rows and and you lose the flags and the people coming out to see the maze that balances out maybe losing some of that corn crop oh gosh yes that you could plow that whole field under after after you've cut the maze the admissions more than make up for the loss of the field if you think about it we a 15 foot scale a five foot trail a 10 foot hedgerow the most we could take out is a third 
So we probably take out 10 to 15 percent is all. So I mean, the, the field yields 150 bushels per acre at the end of the season. You know, normally, you know, we get 200 typically in, on 180 to 200 bushels. And that field um, usually will yield around 150 bushels per acre yet. When is the season usually over where you do take that maize down? We open our maize Labor Day or usually Labor Day weekend or, or the first uh, early September, and we keep it open through the second weekend of November. Uh, everybody closes with Halloween, and we were planning on doing that our first year, but then we had people actually want to reserve a time, like uh, we get, you know, company outings or groups like that. Where does the corn go, and what variety is it, and what is it used for when it's not a maize? It's number two yellow corn, just the same corn everybody else grows for uh, animal feed or whatever else. Hartman Farms, Howard Hartman, just down the road, that's where mine goes. A lot of his, I know, goes to ethanol plants, but it's marketed through Hartman Farms. So when people ask you, you know, oh, is it, is it a good corn crop this year, or is that different from, is it a good maize corn <laughs> crop? Well, we do use a longer season corn, so I... Average, I usually plant it around May, between May 20th and June 1st. So yeah, you plant a long season corn and plant it late because you want it green in the fall. Um, all the corn now is maturing and dying down. The leaves drop and I want mine green and lush because otherwise the leaves fall off and it gets transparent. People don't stay on the trails. So you just mow it over. I kind of wanted to get the detail. You just mow the trails? We... Mow them initially, um, the corn will grow pretty fast. I mean, it, obviously, when it's still just an inch or two tall, it, it doesn't um, come up. And we'll have multiple teams of people out there working in different areas of the maze. There was only three of us, actually, this year. These two guys are 16 now that helped me, and they this is their fourth year, actually, helping. And they've finally gotten confident enough to lay something out and mow it themselves. They're afraid of messing it up. The thing with mowing the trails, until the corn is a foot tall, you can mow it off real easily and it'll grow back fast. So then we have to rototill them to kill the corn and take out the planting ridges. You get people in wheelchairs and such. When uh, we mow the trails, the, the bonus of that is if, I, if we make an error in the maze design, if we make a wrong trail and we mow it, it'll grow back and erase itself, you know, if you catch it. Um, once it's rototilled, it's there to stay. So if we make a mistake like that um, and rototill it in, I tell Angie, I've taken artistic liberties and changed the maze design. So. How far in advance are you getting ready for the next corn maze? When Angie started designing it, she's got a system down. I, I've got a system down to how to cut the maze. She has got a system down how to design it. She has got a, a list of ideas, possible maze ideas, written down somewhere. So... Um, she actually does not even think about the design or designing it until I plant the corn because it takes her about 40 hours to design the maze. I said, well, why don't you start sooner? And she said, well, I could start in January. And if I did, I would work on it until I had to give you, give it to you. And this way I've got an idea. I, it takes me 40 hours. I'll start thinking about it when you plant the corn. 
all the years people have come out, what are you going to do next year? I said, I have no idea. And if I did, it would probably change. And yeah, any any idea I've had in the fall or something has changed. Alan Trinan of Trinan Farm in Lodi, Wisconsin, just 20 miles north of Madison, says whether it's your first time or you're a veteran of their twisty trails and secret locations, you'll have a great experience. From the southern end of the world's longest barn, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Seeing a little change in our activity out there. And if you're a hunter, then you need to talk to our friends at McFarland's. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee for McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in Sark City. Also online, McFarland's.net. You know, one of the eye-opening conversations I had at McFarland's was all the choices that you have when it comes to deer plots. What works, what doesn't work, and how much is it going to cost? Supply's still an issue. Start with the experts at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street, Sark City, McFarland's.net online. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, some folks probably getting a little frazzled with the way that the harvest has been unfolding. A lot of folks trying to clean out the manure pit and make sure that's taken care of for the winter. Uh, weather is going to cooperate today, but it looks like it's going to be changing after that. Time to talk about it. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, joining us live this morning. You know, that's... Uh, I mean, every type of uh, transportation vehicle we use in agriculture seems to be on the roads these days. I mean, you could follow a chopper for a little while. You can follow a combine another little while, a semi. You know what I mean? There's just a lot of work yet to be getting done before the snow flies. Yeah, and even though it hasn't been that wet, we find mud on the road. And I know my neighbors are busy cleaning off the roadway as much as possible when they make a mess, which you can't help but do right now. So we don't need a whole lot of extra rain. And unfortunately, I do have to look to that rain chance. So keep making progress if you are, because that rain possibility does start to edge on in as early 
as Wednesday, I expect, late tomorrow at Lacrosse and maybe just into Boston. More likely than by Thursday, we all start to talk about some rain, and it may last overnight or on into early Friday. Now, the low pressure system that's going to bring that rain sounds like it's a long way off. In fact, it's out in the Colorado area this morning. It's going to slide east in southern Kansas, and even tomorrow, still end up near southern Missouri, northern Louisiana. Boy, that's a long way off. But there's a northerly front right behind that low pressure system. And you look out this morning to see rain in Montana, Wyoming, and western parts of Colorado, all through the Rockies, some snow and the like. That's kind of a line that's going to hold together, if you will. As that low builds east, that rain will march on and affect all of us. I expect the heaviest rains most likely now look to be into Iowa, northeast Iowa, southeast Minnesota, maybe southwest Wisconsin, lacrosse down toward Platteville, maybe just reaching the Madison area. And in that area, rain amounts upwards of a half to one inch of rain or a possibility. Everybody else most likely going to see a little lighter rainfall amount out of this. But we are going to see some rain, and that will be around, as I've said, mostly into Thursday and Thursday night. We don't cool off. You know, we don't freeze up behind it. Maybe that's the better news, as temperatures, I expect, will be above normal. Back in the mid and upper 80s, or upper 50s. Oh, I got excited. Upper 50s as we make our way on toward Friday, Saturday. A little cooler for Sunday for Halloween, but still in the 50s. Maybe just a degree or two cooler than normal. That all doesn't sound bad, and it does dry out nicely for the weekend and on into early next week. So with all that said, I'll be back with our forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Yeah, I about spit my coffee when you said 80s, Stu, but I'll take upper 50s for uh, a daytime high. Well, you know, I looked at my own penmanship and I confused myself. That never happens. Yeah, we'll be in the 50s. That's going to be a lot better. Let's look today to mostly sunny skies. A fine day. A lot of mid-50s. I'd expect upper 50s again at La Crosse. Topping out yesterday, 57. Could be a little bit warmer there in the west. And the winds are going to be northeast, only about 5. Overnight, we do stay clear, and unfortunately, I have to talk back into the mid and upper 30s, maybe a low 40 here and there, especially over east toward the lake. I'd expect east winds to stick around only about five. Partly sunny on Wednesday, not bad again in the mid and upper 50s, but there could be a little rain developing at La Crosse by later in the day Wednesday. Southeast winds at 5 to 15. We'll see that rain push into Wisconsin Wednesday night, and by Thursday, mostly cloudy. We all can see a few showers. Still in the mid-50s, maybe 54 
to 56. The northeast winds about 5 to 10. Like I said, lacrosse, Madison, especially southwest Wisconsin, maybe some half to one inch amounts. Everybody else, a quarter, maybe nearing a half an inch. And then we dry it out as we head through Friday and into the weekend and sunshine returns. Boy, it is hard to believe that already we're less than a week away from November with this kind of weather. Yeah, yeah, this is still really pretty mild for us for September, so, you know, or October. Well, I'm all messed up today. October. (laughs) Make the most of it while you can. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, Stu, appreciate it. Schumacher Ag Meteorologist with us this morning on the weather details that you're looking for. As that rain comes in, don't forget, we'll want you to be sure that you're getting us up to speed on volume. The Midwest Farm Report Talk Text Line is the tool for that, 877 301 farm that's 877-301-3276 this is the midwest farm report with pam yonke at wiffles hybrids we're known for doing one big thing superior corn hybrids really really well but The truth is, it's only because we don't lose sight of all the little things. Wiffles Hybrids. Lots of little things done right. Little things include customer-first philosophy, more cigarettes per region for more personal contact, active and involved leadership, no hidden agendas, unmatched quality assurance, popcorn deliveries to your combine, taking jobs personally, no confusing rebate programs, and a few post-harvest dinners. For a complete list of all the little things that makes Wiffles Hybrids different, please visit wiffles.com. This looks like a car. Has tires. Headlights, a hood. Windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them, too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there... So are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Hi, it's Tori DeVito. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. I grew up on tour with my parents. Kind of different, but we bonded over music just like other families do over sports, camping, or other interests. And we talked. Little everyday conversations from silly to serious that built a foundation over time. Honest conversations. Like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty about that part of your life gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted to uphold in my own life. And I was so grateful that you and mom had become these sober, stable people who were always there for me. I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now, that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs, whether it's music or anything else. I said it a lot, and I'm glad you took it to heart. Talk. They hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with a commercial burglary investigation. On September 19th, officers responded to a burglar alarm at Tech Heroes in the 7400 block of Mineral Point Road. The glass front door had been shot out and the suspect took a small amount of cash from the store. 
The suspect was wearing a black hoodie pulled up over their head and black sweatpants. The suspect also had a red lanyard around their neck. A similar incident previously occurred on September 9th at a business in the 1400 block of Emil Street. If you have any information regarding either of these incidents, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Compere Financial wishes farmers and agribusiness a safe harvest season. Stay in touch with your local Compere team throughout the year to see how they can help make your plans a reality. Exceptional client experience at the heart of everything they do. Visit Compere.com or call 844-426-6733 today. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Baby, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, it may not be the prettiest, but a win's a win. Wasn't that ugly? Packers get it done. 24-10 over the football team. I got to say, Taylor Heineke, I felt for you, brother. I really wanted you to get that Lambeau leap. I knew you were a Packers fan, and I knew you wanted to you know, honor your dad. And I thought for a second you had that touchdown. I felt for you. I'm like, yeah, this guy got a Lambo leave. Good for him. And then they went back and reviewed it. The guy gave himself up, and then he fumbles the ball, and the Packers take over. Rowdy, it wasn't pretty, like I said, but the Packers get it done. Good morning, my friend. How are we doing today? Yeah, just another win. Just another ho-hum win, huh? Just another. There was moments where you're like, damn. Like when Aaron Rodgers went across the body and found Devontae Adams. That was badass. Uh, big Bob Tunyon on tight ends. I never even knew it was a thing. Tight ends day? I had no idea. There's a day for everything these days. I don't. There's probably like eight of them today. Uh, Mercedes Lewis rumbling to on tight ends day. That was nice to see. Aaron Rodgers, though, man, there was drives, especially the opening drive for the Packers. There were drives where Rodgers just looked like a surgeon out there. He was just looked incredible. I loved the Packers throwbacks with the, the long flowing hair of Rodgers just kind of calling the shots and doing things. I thought it was fantastic. You like those jerseys? Well, you know me, Rowdy. I have different tastes than you do. 
I, I assumed you didn't like them, and I liked them. I would prefer to stick with the classics. <laughs> I love the classics too, but I did enjoy the I did enjoy the jerseys. I thought something about Rogers in them, and how he's dictating everyone, and and then just going out there and being surgical. I thought it looked it was pretty. Not not saying I always have them, but I like that we uh, got to get a taste of them. And Rowdy, the Packers were so bad in the fifties. The Packers kind of exercised the fifties demons with that uh, win, twenty four to ten. What was uglier, Rowdy, the game, the play of the Packers, or the jerseys, in your opinion? The jerseys. You didn't like them at all? They looked like the blue ones to me. Like, you know, the blue and like... Yeah, I kind of like those two. They looked like they were the exact same design, just different colors. Well, the blue ones had the yellow circle in the middle. I like those, too, though. Rowdy and I have different fashion sense. We, I think that's well documented. But the Packers themselves get it done. Devontae Adams, dude, that catch Devontae Adams had on the sideline was just nasty. That guy is nasty. And other than that, I mean, I'm sure you got a lot of flack on Twitter. In fact, I saw a couple people tweeting at you. Rashawn Gary had a hell of a good game. Yeah, those those people come out every once in a while when Rashawn has a good game. (laughs) But I never hear anything when he doesn't. Uh, It's funny because I was listening to, um, at 5.30, doing the fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankees Farm Report, what was playing from Friday, Rowdy, because we play a little clip of our show was us talking about Rashawn Gary. And Rashawn Gary must have been listening. More evidence that everyone listens. Rashawn must have been listening on Friday. We inspired him with our, um, what would I say, our critique of his game, his play so far as a Green Bay Packer. Rashawn Gary, two of the four sacks. He also got a strip sack on Taylor Heineke. That was uh, nice to see. And listen, Packers, Packers, that defense looked pretty good. That offense, as Aaron Rodgers said after the game, not clicking on all cylinders, not pretty, but... Workmen like getting it done. It was just six and one. Rowdy, the Packers are at six and one. It's not the prettiest, but I full well expect them to start clicking sooner than later, don't you? Yeah, Packers are at six and one, and I think Aaron Rodgers said it best though. We still haven't played a good football game yet. Yeah. Like they still haven't put it all together. They're still not even close to being healthy. Yeah, right after the game, Rodgers, as Rowdy just said, just he put little I wrote down some cliff notes when he was saying just not clicking yet, a little off on offense, but their identity is a scrappy team. Yeah, it was uh, It was a new way to win for the Packers. There really wasn't much of a ground game, right? Rodgers was talking about it, too, on the podium, saying they, they couldn't do much in the grounded-pound game, uh, unlike the Wisconsin Badgers, by the way, who we'll talk about you know coming up here as they run their way all over Purdue. Uh, but the Packers game, Rowdy, 6-1. and one. Did you expect the Packers to be sitting at 6-1 and one as we're uh, just finishing concluding Week 7 here, Rowdy? Depends. Depends when you ask me. <laughs> if you asked me before the season and, and you told me they'd be 6-1 and one at this point, i go, okay, I could see it. They probably played pretty well, especially because they have a tougher schedule this year. Yeah. If you ask me after week one, I'd say probably no. No, after week one, I'd be like, no, they stink. If you ask me after week two, after they uh, struggled against the Lions but got a win, I'd probably <laughs> say no. This is the Midwest Farm Report. From field to fork. And a great day indeed. Sunshine on the way. 55 are expected highs. Low overnight lows tonight down to around 37. Clouds tomorrow and 57. Clouds on Thursday, 54 degrees. I'm Pam Yankee. Now from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, 
Here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So today, 26th day of October, on this day back in 1863, the Football Association was formed. Now, you and I might think about Packers football, but in reality, this football is more like soccer. And I love the way they organized it. Basically, they met in a bar in London and decided to put together this football body. So they formalized the rules later on, and basically that's how it all started. That's football European style, better known as soccer here in the United States, started on this day back in 1863. On this day, 1825, the Erie Canal opened for ships. Construction started in 1817, but it took them that long to finish up the 363-mile canal that's still working today. Uh, What else do I have for you this morning? We can also note this is the anniversary of the Terminator. On this day in 1984, the Terminator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton, was released here in the United States. So there you go, your conversation tidbits to start you out this morning. You know, this is the time of the year when Wisconsin farms are pulling an awful lot of data together on their farms. We're talking yield monitors. We're talking daily milk production tabs. Uh, We're keeping track of employees. And now we're keeping track of COVID vaccinations. Hannah Winkler with Rural Mutual Insurance says that's one element that you need to protect when it comes to possible identity theft. We've all seen the COVID-19 vaccination card selfies on social media, but something you might not think of is these cards have your name, your birth date, and the location where you received that vaccination, which is just enough information for these hackers and thieves to get into your bank accounts, open credit cards, and loans in your name. So we really want to shy away from sharing those cards with your personal information. Instead of that, you can show the I got vaccinated stickers or use the got my vaccine profile picture frame on Facebook if that's something that you want to share. Um, We've also heard about the phishing and smishing scam. So what these are, fraudsters use fake email addresses, phone numbers and voice phishing to convince people to turn over your confidential information. So they're sending these urgent messages about your credit card statements, your bank statements, and some of these have fake survey links in them as well. And basically, they're asking you to verify your identity, which ultimately provides them with your sensitive personal information. So what do you do if you receive one of these? First of all, never open or click on these emails or text messages. If you don't recognize the sender, delete it right away, report it as spam. When you are looking in these emails and text messages, you want to look for bad grammar and spelling errors. That's always a red flag right away. Some of these links provided in messages might be slightly off with periods in unusual places. So just make sure that um, if it looks fishy, don't risk it. It's likely a scam. Well, and it doesn't end uh, just with those type of uh, identity theft items. There are some that get really serious really fast. I had a neighbor that had a phone call from the IRS. We're going to meet you at your front door. I mean, they are brazen at the way that they will try to uh, infect your brain with just that notion that it might be true The IRS might be standing on my doorstep when I get there. I mean, honestly, Hannah, that gets your heart racing. And unfortunately, people will take action because of just the sheer fear. Yeah, absolutely. So the IRS will never contact you through any of those channels. Typically, they're going to 
get a hold of you through the mail. So if you receive one of those phone calls or messages from them, it's likely a scam and you can report those to the IRS. Um, yeah, don't fall for those. Yeah. Hannah Winkler is uh, one of the guests in studio. This is the Rural Mutual Roundtable. She is the senior marketing strategist. We're talking about the fact that October is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And uh, some of you may have some stories uh, already that uh, are touching a nerve with regards to identity theft or some of your accounts being uh, jeopardize online. So Hannah, now we're getting into that time of the year and everybody's been coached up. Shop early if you're going to be trying to get Christmas gifts and you don't want any shipping delays, etc. Start now. But boy, that means the can of worms has been opened up even wider this year for online shopping and fraud possibilities there. Yeah, absolutely. So we heard 84% of people are going to online shop this holiday season, which is huge. So One thing to be aware of when you're out there is to look for these fake e-retailers with bargain discounts. So these bargain retailers um, deliver extremely poor quality and off-brand merchandise. Some of them don't ever send you anything at all. They just take your money. Um, Some of them send you email coupons with malware that can infect your computer. So really be on the lookout for those. Um, I'm always down for a good sale, but if it's too good to be true, you know, don't, don't fall for that. Hannah Winkler, Senior Branding Specialist, along with Mike Lubon, their Director of Marketing from Rural Mutual Insurance, reminding folks that October is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And boy, I'll tell you, with the technology that we depend on today, whether it's in your personal life, in your business, or on the farm, definitely take note, pause, and make sure you're protected. Quick look at markets and the latest crop progress report coming up. Whether you compete on the court, at the track, on the field, or in the fields, winning isn't just a goal. It's a mindset shaped, honed, and defined throughout the season. That's why farmers pushing themselves to be the best plant DeKalb brand corn. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with DeKalb. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Join us as we continue our new monthly segment, The Gamblers Test Plot, only on the Midwest Farm Report with our partners at Gamblers. Aaron Zimmerman here, and this month I get the chance to try out Gamblers waterproof gear as I clean out and pressure wash the stock trailer. Tune in to see how Gamblers products help me get the job done right and stay dry. Since 1939, Wisconsin-based Gamblers has helped farmers, ranchers, and agriculturists get work done smarter, faster, and safer. Follow along at MidwestFarmReport.com. So Wisconsin farmers have got the pedal to the metal trying to get the harvest wrapped up across the state. As of Sunday, we had 48% of our corn harvested for grain. Five days ahead of last year, 11 days ahead of our five-year average. Moisture in that corn was 20%, and 72% of our corn crop still called good to excellent. 74% of our soybeans harvested as of Sunday, five days behind last year, but six days ahead of our five-year average. We've got 99% of the potatoes already dug, and 44% of our fall tillage is completed. Markets in overnight electronic trade this morning are a little on the quiet side right now. We've got December corn currently down a penny at 536. November soybeans down a penny at 1236. We've got December wheat down two at 757 with July new crop wheat down two and a half at 760. 
Barrel cheese in Chicago was down a quarter of a cent on Monday at 186. 40 pound block cheese gained a penny at 182. Double A butter was up three at 186 and a half per pound. November milk right now is down 17 cents at 1920 a hundredweight. December milk's down a dime at 1904 a hundredweight. Well, I'll tell you what, coming up next, we're going to visit with John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. It's not just about the Crop Progress Report. It's also about trying to keep our transportation system moving, especially now when we've got all this grain that needs to try to make it to our international destinations. Stick around. John Heinberg joining us live next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The landscape across the central corn belt is going through some changes. The old authorities are starting to fade and today are being replaced by a more dedicated, harder working, higher performing seed corn company. One with a team of folks raised right here and ready to serve. Whoa boy, looks like there's a new sheriff in town. Wiffles Hybrids, quite possibly the best hybrids you can buy. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. Freedom from fees means more to spend on what matters most. Our fee-free e-checking lets you easily manage your money. Our online and mobile banking with bill pay and person-to-person payments are all free. Freedom is found in the money you keep. Learn more at SettlersWI.com slash OpenMyAccount. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Opportunity Lender. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Oh, and it's so much easier to listen to John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, when it comes to what's happening with our markets and the news that's driving the trade. He joins us live this morning. So let's just jump right into it, John, and focus on what's happening with our crop progress report. Nice progress made here in the state of Wisconsin as far as uh, the corn and beans are concerned. What do you see on the bigger picture? Any, any trouble areas? 
Well, nationally, things slowed down a little bit here over the last week. A lot of that was due to the rain that came across, uh, you know, into Illinois, Indiana, out into that eastern side. I've got still some clients over there. They're hoping to get back out in the field after picking up multiple inches of rain. So we'll have to see how that kind of plays out. But, you know, we're, we're back kind of in the middle of the range on the historical level. Corn at 66% harvested. You know, last year we were around 70 in this window. Five-year average is 53, so we're still a little bit ahead of the pace on the overall soybeans 73 percent harvested nationally the five-year average is 70 percent so you can uh, kind of see that that soybean pace has really slowed down it was flying early you know when we re- really got going on this harvest so so that's really kind of allowed the market to really stabilize it's kind of maybe spread out some of the harvest pressure we've seen a really good cash market for both corn and beans and that's you know but some of the reasons that the market's holding in here is the fact that supplies are still fairly tight a lot of these end users were empty and there's some areas that right now have been looking for corn and that keeps that basis level pretty friendly for some producers in some regions soybeans also a interesting market to try to watch because it's not necessarily based on the harvest progress but based on other supporting markets yeah, it is. And actually, one of the biggest ones that's been going behind the soybean market the entire year has been soybean oil. And again, we saw a strong move in the soybean oil market yesterday, up over a dollar per pound on that market. And that just gave beans a little extra gas to give us that nice 15, 16 cent lift yesterday. And that soybean oil market is going to be one we have to keep our eyes on. Edible oils is just a hot market globally right now. You're continuing to see limited production in terms of palm oil. We've obviously got the canola oil issue in Canada, given their crops this year, as well as the tie to the biodiesel side and the green movement. And that's just been something that's really been a driving force underneath that bean market overall. This Basically, this entire year has been the strength in oil. Typically, it's always meal, but this year, you know, meal's kind of the, the back door to the whole side of the oil trade. And meal's been ex- extremely depressed in price because we're crushing beans for the oil. And that's where the profit margins are for the crushers on the bean oil side. How are we doing as far as China's need for those beans for crush or otherwise? I keep wondering about their supply situation and I keep wondering about their energy situation. That's a big factor that's still just going to be a little bit of a wet blanket over the bean market here going forward is the demand side of the equation. I mean, yesterday we saw export inspections, pretty solid number, a little over 2 million metric tons, kind of where it needs to be. But those sales numbers are still way behind where we were last year. And this market's still counting on a large amount of sales to go to China. We're watching a good development in that South American crop planting in Mato Grosso. Their leading producing state was almost 70% complete yesterday, uh, yesterday or over the weekend. And those numbers that's so that's basically saying maybe the chinese are going to sit back and just purchase beans to get them through and wait for that big brazilian crop to come out later this winter so that's one of the biggest factors right now i think that's going to keep beans limited on the rally potential side is just the pure fact that if that demand isn't there our carryover quickly goes from 300 million bushels back into that 500 window and that's not going to be 1250 beans let's talk a little bit about another crop that we want to keep an eye on I'm intrigued by oats because of the record low number that we had in the United States this year. Let's talk about wheat. That's another one that seems to justify some attention. 
Yeah, actually, in the last week or so here, the wheat market has really kicked it in again. And we saw both the hard red winter, the KC wheat, as well as the Minneapolis in the spring wheat put new contract highs in on the close here again yesterday. That spring wheat actually now trading well over the $10 barrier. That was one of those target zones we were kind of watching, see if it would get to and see what happened when it got there. And then instead of maybe selling off, it actually accelerated a little bit this time frame. So where can Minneapolis go? We've got a high about 1035 from 2012 that may be a target zone we came within a few pennies of that yesterday but back in a couple years prior to that we actually took wheat up to 1120 in that minneapolis contract so that could be a target spot that we're watching this this move to you know that's another one of those global stories that's coming into play especially on the food inflation side we're continuing to hear little stories of countries taking off import taxes or reducing tariffs to try to bring more wheat in to handle the food situation that we're seeing so wheat is becoming a little bit of an inflation play here now, the biggest thing we got to watch for our, our producers in U.S. wheat is the shipments and sales at these price levels are going to shut down pretty quickly given the global competition. So as a producer of wheat, you need to take a look at this market and say, you know, July wheat, 760 for next spring or next summer. That's a pretty doggone good place to get some stuff started if you're going to be planting wheat this, this, uh, this spring for next year. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about another one that's been very COVID uh, influence, and that's ethanol. Went to the bottom of the basement when nobody was driving, and boy, now pivoting and seeing some pretty big growth. Yes, exactly. And that's one of those areas that when we're talking about the strength in the cash market for corn, it's coming from those ethanol producers. I'm looking at some of those basis levels at some of these ethanol plants here in the fall. First off, they were short bought because of the tight supply picture over the summer. Now they've got really strong profit margins due to the strength in the energy sector. you got crude oil pushing $85 a barrel yesterday, probably still targeting higher. I know that $100 number doesn't feel that far away at this time frame. And that just increases those margins for those ethanol producers who are actually getting a bit of a boom here, even with corn at 550. Uh, so that's something that we got to keep an eye on. How does that continue to go? And, but again, it's providing some opportunities for producers to lock in some really good basis levels and you know, get them a cash market here that you know last year was just struggling all the way through given the issues because of COVID and the lack of travel. John Heinberg's along with us. If you're just joining us, he's Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Always want to point out how you can get in touch with him. Don't forget, first place to start is their website, totalfarmmarketing.com, totalfarmmarketing.com, or pick up the phone and give them a call, 800-334-9779. Again, 800-334-9779. Just real quick John, because we are running out of time, let's talk a bit about the Catalan feed report that came out on Friday. That's another one that's still feeling COVID influences in the negative way. Very much so. Actually, cattle and feed number came out a little bit friendly, but when you start looking deeper into the numbers, it's not as nice as it comes out to be. You know, cattle was down 1% in terms of total cattle and feed, but we watched those heavyweight cattle, those cattle and feed for 150 days plus, and that, that's still staying heavy. 14% over last year, 20% over the five-year average, and that just shows you what's happening with the slaughter process that just keeps backing these cattle up, which keeps this cash market from not moving. You know, we got a nice little reaction to the report yesterday, but it was pretty muted given the numbers so it's still something that's going to stay in front of this market where the cash market is still going to be king obviously with the inflation side and the demand concerns that are out there that just could keep a lid on this cattle market even though the numbers are starting to tighten up on the national level uh, because of some of the issues that we saw due to weather and cow slaughter in the longer term yep 
Still working it through. All right, John, appreciate it as always. Great cutting-edge information, and we will catch up with you next week. Sounds great. Have a good week. All right. John Heinberg joining us live from his office in West Bend on this Tuesday morning to let you know how the market's starting off for the day. Don't forget, totalfarmmarketing.com or 800-334-9779. We'll catch up with you tomorrow morning. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.